Hey guys, I'm back with an old friend of the show's Angel May. So you guys will remember her from the Color Me Dead podcast, which is uh, unfortunately went away um, probably forever, as I'm told, just due, due to time restraints and other things that are positive. So it's nothing negative. It's just uh, good things happening between uh, her and, and Nikki and uh, in their personal lives. And uh, just not a lot of time to put in the research and stuff in a podcast anymore. Angel, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I think the last time we had you on, we were talking uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. Because you live is, a stone's throw away. I do. I do. It's gotten very popular. Very popular. That's what we, I hear. Uh, we see a lot. Uh, we're just now coming into the tourist season. Um, we have had a lot of celebrities out the last couple of years. Um, but now that it's warming up and the snow is melting and you can actually get out to like Blind Frog Ranch where a lot of supernatural and paranormal activity is, and then Skinwalker Ranch, you still can't, without knowing people and having some ins, you can't really get onto Skinwalker Ranch. Um, you can drive out, you can go down the, um, down the driveway, but it's still armed guard. It's still pretty closed off, but a lot of people come down here just to get a peek. But Very they cool. do guided tours for Blind Frog, um, where we have a lot of, uh, like UFO and unexplained sightings out there. And there's also a natural spring, like a hot spring out there that people like to go and visit because it reportedly has healing properties to it. So very interesting out there. So if you was to get in your car and drive to Skinwalker Ranch, how long would it take you? About 11 minutes. That's why I thought you were like really, really close. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not far from, from the house. Okay, so originally today, uh, we started off, when, before we started recording, we were talking about your house, because you have an awesome house. It, like, is the epitome of spooky haunted house. <laughs> if you were going to put a house in a movie that all the kids would be afraid of and have stories of, it would be your house. Agree? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> So it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I fell in love with that. Matter of fact, I was, uh, that's why I had you send me pictures earlier because I wanted to show Tracy and I was mm -hmm. telling her how awesome it was, but I couldn't find, I was flipping through like all your pictures and I was like, I know there's a picture in here because I saw it and I couldn't find it. And I said, I'll just have her send me some, but oh, yeah. how old is that house? The house was built in 1890. So we're over 130 years old. Um, the original structure. And you said uh, that it's been in your husband's family the entire time. Yep. Since it was built. Um, so uh, John Sidaway is like his great, great grandpa. And he was the gentleman that owned the very first lumber mill here in town. And he hand selected all the lumber that went into this home. And he built his wife, her dream home. And which is the Victorian that you see now with the carousel room. Um, it has had a lot of additions to it. My husband and his dad are the ones that put the big wraparound porch around the whole house. So that was added in the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, it looks like I would have thought that was original on there. They matched it up perfect. Yeah, they painstakingly cut out every slat, every everything to go onto that porch because they wanted it to be of the period. So originally it had awnings, no porch, um, and willow trees just covering the entire property. And then uh, Spencer and his dad are the ones that put the white wraparound porch. Um, 
we had an outbuilding, like a, a covered porch on the back that started to basically disintegrate. And we re we tore that all down and redid it a couple of summers ago. So. And the house is listed as a landmark, right? Yes, it is a um, it is a registered landmark for Uinta County. It was one of the very first homes built in this town, and um, the way that it was uh, acquired, I guess, is that depending on who lived in it, um, which whichever family members somebody got married and it was given to them, it would be traded for other properties because we have other homes and other plots here in town. So it was traded um, to Spencer's grandma and she has had, she has passed, but um, it was Aunt Tess's and then it went to Grandma Carol. And then from Grandma Carol, it went to my mother-in-law and now it's ours. Now, obviously a house that's that old has seen its share of tragedy. It just would make sense. Yes, and uh, that you you said there's been some family members, obviously, through the years pass away in the house. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Spencer's father passed away in my home in the early 2000s. He actually uh, fell asleep and did not wake up um, in my room. And he is one of the stronger presences, uh, energies in my home. Uh, grandpa passed away in this home and multiple family members from, I mean, early 1900s all the way through. So there's a lot of character, there's a lot of energy, a lot of, a lot of friends that still hang out in the house for sure. Everything, <laughs> everything positive. Um, I have, we have one, um, we, we call him the tall man and he's not malevolent by any means, but he's not friendly. He doesn't make you feel welcome and he generally hangs out. I'll take pictures and show you. Uh, as you walk through my front door, there is a staircase that goes up and it hits a landing and a door. You open that door, you go up, you hit another landing and you go up this way and then you're upstairs and he hangs out in that landing. And my kids used to do this thing. They couldn't explain it to me for the longest time, but they would walk up the stairs, open the door, and then they would run. And they would run past that landing. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you sprinting through the house? They said, I don't like the way it feels right here. And I, you know, you'd look up there every now and again, and you could see a very long, tall shadow of what appeared to be a very slender gentleman leaning up against the wall. And you could see where he had like cocked his leg out and was resting his foot against the wall. Um, just kind of a creepy energy, not, not a friendly at all. You really don't have room for two tall men in your house because your husband Spencer is what like close to seven foot. He is six foot ten inch tall man. Um, so all of the ceilings, all of the doorways in this home were made to accommodate men like that. Grandpa John Sidaway was a very big man. Grandpa Squire was a very tall six foot eight man. My 19 year old boy is growing yet again and will probably end up being as tall as his dad. So fortunately, there's only a couple of doorways they have to duck to get through. <laughs> I showed Tracy some pictures of, uh, of you and Spencer because, like you said, he's 6'10", and you got to be, what, 5'2", maybe? Five. <laughs> <laughs> I Sometimes I'll squeak an extra inch in there with some good sneakers, but, um, yeah, I'm very little, very petite. Yeah. Yeah, so the two of you together just looks uh, so odd because he's so much taller than you, which I didn't realize until we met each other in New Orleans 
and you were both there. And I'm like, my goodness, I knew he was a big guy, but yeah, to see him um, in person. We've, I actually had a lady in the mall thought that Spencer was absconding with a child because I saw it, a, a kiosk in the middle of the mall. And it's always those like Mediterranean sea mud masks. Mm-hmm. I love them. And I started making my way over there and he was like, no, you're done. And he reached over and he grabbed me by my wrist <laughs> and was kind of dragging me out. And a lady ran up and she said, excuse me. Hey, hey, hey. And when I turned around and she realized that I was a grown woman being hauled off by a, a overshopped husband, she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, it's okay. I get that. Like the size difference makes it look like him. You know, he's a kidnapper. He's not. Now, before, uh, before we started talking on air, you were starting to tell me a story that I told you to hold off on. Oh. Uh, so go ahead and tell me that story. Cause I know what's going to be going in a good direction. Yes. So the, the home was being rented out <clears throat> at the time and the folks that were living here um, didn't know that if the birds nest in the walls and we do have a starling problem, if you use the stoves, you have to have those nests and things cleared out of there, it'll start a fire and it did. And it burned a substantial portion of the downstairs living room. Um, so they moved out, we assumed the property and started to remodel and gut everything and try and get it back to a a livable state. Um, And while we were doing that, I was downstairs. I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. I had a friend over who had also had a couple of glasses of wine. And we were kind of, you know, daydreaming about what I was going to do with this house. And um, she said, well, didn't Spencer's dad pass away in here? And I said, oh yeah, he did. Um, He was kind of unwell for a while and went to bed and fell asleep, didn't wake up. And I was pointing to the room that was going to be my bedroom. And there was lumber, very heavy lumber, stacked, leaning this way against a wall. And it was all of the sudden, all of these slats shut and clack, 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 clack. And we both jumped and she's like, what the hell? And I said, I don't know how that fell, but I'm going to assume that maybe I just had it stacked wrong. And she goes, that's really heavy wood. I'm like, yeah. And I was continuing forward, letting her know, like, I want to do, you know, black walls and something really dark and really gothic. And she goes, fire. And I was like, no. And I turned around and sure enough, there was a bundle of kindling that was sitting on top of the wood burning stove that had ignited and burst into flames. Walked over and put it all out. Really small, little, you know, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing serious. But I was like, holy shit, what is happening around here? And, um, clear as day and almost as though he were in the room he very i'm spencer's father very loud get the pigs and she looked at me and said who else is here and i said there's nobody here and she goes what pigs and i said i don't know so i call spencer (laughs) i'm in tears because it has scared me i me and my other friend are now looking around the house thinking that one of my kids or my brother-in-law or even my husband is in there playing jokes on us And I call Spencer. I'm like, where are you? He said, I'm I'm at Subway. And I said, somebody's in the house. He was like, nobody's in the house. And I said, what pigs? What do you mean? What pigs? I said, a grown ass man just told me to get the pigs. What pigs? He goes, oh, well, there's these like goofy potbelly pig pewter statue things on the porch. They belong to my dad. And I said, okay, where do they go? And he said, well, they're supposed to be on either side of the fireplace. And he said, you know, what do you, what's going on? Don't worry about it. He told me to get the pigs. 
So I go outside and here I thought maybe, you know, the wine was a little stronger than expected. <laughs> and, but another, another person was here with me. We go outside and get the pigs. I bring them in. I wash them off. I make sure they're clean, put them back. They are still <laughs> on either side of the wood burning stove. And there they shall stay because it apparently upset him that his pigs were not in the house so much. In fact, that he vocalized it. Two people heard it. Um, I'll never forget that day. That was, that was a very interesting time. Um, after we completed the remodel and moved in, the kitchen was completely redone. It was a very small kitchen that had a large island. It was kind of an odd setup and we had ripped all of that stuff out. And where my stove is, was a small coffee table. And that is where Spencer's dad, big, <laughs> big Jim used to sit and have his coffee and smoke. Hello. And, um, I got, I get up in the middle of the night to get water, go to the bathroom, let my dogs in and out, that kind of thing. And I got up one day, the kitchen is attached to um, my personal bathroom. And I walked through the bathroom into the kitchen and I could smell cigarette smoke. And Spencer doesn't smoke in the house. And so I stopped and kind of looked around and the moon was coming through the window just so that it was casting a shadow down of a big, big person smoking in my kitchen. So I, I said, hi, Jim. And I went and got water, turned around and went back to bed. And Je uh, Spence says, who are you talking to? I said, your dad smoked camels, camel wides. And he says, yeah. I said, your dad's sitting in the kitchen. And he goes, what? And I said, your dad, I said, where my stove is, was that his spot? And he said, yeah. He had a TV up on top of the refrigerator, a little, you know, 13 inch that he used to watch the news in the morning. I said, yeah, your dad's sitting in there having a smoke in the kitchen. And he said, you're so full of crap. And he got up and walked in there and he goes, oh my God, I can smell cigarettes. And I said, yeah, he's in there hanging out. What was uh, what was Spencer's whole mindset on ghosts and the paranormal? Is he is he a believer, or a non-believer? He wasn't. He's not sensitive to that kind of thing. He's not big into the paranormal or you know any kind of ghost adventures. He'll watch it with me. I think he thought that I was a lunatic when I started telling him things like, "I can see your dad. I can hear your dad," and I. I think he thought maybe I had also had too much wine until my friend was like, no, I'm telling you clear as day, almost like he was standing behind us. Your dad spoke. And, um, I think he was probably a little more open to it when he realized that I wasn't yanking his chain about cigarette smoke in the, in the kitchen. Um, I think that he's probably a little more in tune with it when I point stuff out to him. Um, I don't know if it's, if it makes him uncomfortable and that's why he doesn't doesn't believe or didn't or if it's um just something that he thought was always kind of you know you guys are cracked pods does he believe that that is uh was his dad down there yeah yeah he as soon as i i made the comment i said your dad smoked camels didn't he like studs like unfiltered and he said yeah he did so you can smell it in the kitchen and my parents were smokers, you know, a lot of the people in my family were smokers. So I can tell by the odor, almost what brand or what they're smoking. I said, yeah, your dad's in there having a smoke. So, and the fact that I knew 
that where the stove was, I said, there, there was a table or something sitting there, right? Like I can see him sitting. Yeah. Yeah. That was his coffee table. So there's been uh, a couple of things happen in the house that I think have opened his perception or opened his heart up a little bit. Um, just because I, I tell him, I'm like, I can, I can, I can feel him around me, you know, but we, uh, we also have a very mischievous little in the house. I don't know if it's a, a boy or a girl, um, but likes to play tricks, likes to move things, hide things. Um, it's like their favorite game ever. Uh, walking into the, to the kitchen and have every drawer, every cabinet open. And it'll, it, it's, it does, it scares you <gasps> because when you walk in, you're like, what the hell? And you're like, and there's a lot in there now since I've remodeled and I'm in there shutting cabinets and shutting drawers. I'm like a little <laughs> shit, you know? Um, I was having issues with my toilet, not flushing right. And we have big, big trees, roots grow in. We have, you know, plumbing and sewer issues. And I was like, damn it, again, we're going to have to call the guy and have him roto root. And my tank is running. I'm like, Ugh. so I pull the lid off and I look back there and that little stinker had put brushes, washcloths, um, soap. Uh, one time I flushed my toilet and bubbles overflowed. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And there was soap in my, like a, like a foaming hand wash with the lid broke in my toilet. So every time you flushed bubbles, you know, um, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, not, not mean, not mad, very mischievous little in my home. You know, what's funny is we have spent the latter part of about 15, 20 minutes talking about your house and ghosts in your house. And I don't even think that's what we were going to talk about today. Was it? Um, mostly I had wanted to talk about kind of some of the, the thoughts people had about, you know, paranormal activity in the house. Is it a spirit? Is it an energy? Um, the, the amount of paranormal activity in this house, some days it's really, really high. And some days it's really low. Um, it seems to get stronger in the fall. Um, you can, I've been laying in the living room um, because Spencer snores quite aggressively. And I will go lay in the living room with my dogs. And I was in my, my big beanbag chair and had the, the fire going and orbs of light, large orbs of light. You could hear it. Shooting across my living room. And I got so scared that I just froze, I, like a little guinea pig, you know, and I didn't dare move. And I sat and watched and listened to these orbs of light for a half an hour before I finally got the courage to get up and go back in my room. And I'm shaking Spence. I'm like, you got to come see this. And he, see what? And I was like, there are orbs of light shooting through the house. And he's like, You're, you got to stop watching scary movies because you're convinced that things are happening in this house. I'm like, swear to God, you can come in here. <laughs> and he came in and he sat and one across the living room. And he was like, all right, cool, back to bed. And I don't know if it made him uncomfortable. I don't know if it freaked him out, but 
but he saw one and was like, well, that was fun. And he wanted out of the living room. Um, but yeah, this, this old house, as far as paranormal things, and then maybe it's the area, you know, we have Blind Frog Ranch, we have Skinwalker, we have a lot of areas in the Uinta Basin that people either frequent because they like it or they avoid it like the plague because it scares them. And this old house definitely has its fair share of visitors and fun stuff. You know, I don't think I'd heard of Blind Frog blind frog ranch until you mentioned it today that was a new one on me so blind frog ranch is a pretty recent development in the uinta basin we have an entire um store in vernal dedicated to the ranch they now have guided tours when um season permits uh you can go out there check out where the um unexplained you know unexplained sightings and some of the ufo sightings and the lights um, there is also a, uh, a natural hot spring out there that is reported to have some sort of healing property to it. And people will go out there, they'll even drink that water. And <sighs> I am the same way. I'm like, I don't know, man, that's people soup. But, you know, if, <laughs> if you know, people get in there and kind of wait around. So to me, that's people soup. And, but, you know, for somebody like me that has, terrible autoimmune symptoms and people are saying if you go out there and you sit in this water if you drink this water it helps so um i actually am going to head out there in in the you know in the later spring um right now it's still pretty cold out there it's still pretty muddy so to get out there is a little bit of a trek but i i guess if i need to take a little sip of people's soup and it's going to make me feel better i mean i'll give anything a whirl at this point you can always bring some of it home and just boil it and boil the people out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to filter it a little, see if I can't get some of the people out. So Blind Frog has really made its mark. Um, it's pretty popular. Uh, and I, you know, Skinwalker obviously got very popular there for a while. And we saw a huge influx of celebrities, saw a huge influx of tourists, and we are now coming into that fun tourist season where people used to come here because Bernal is known as dinosaur land. We have a dinosaur quarry and a dinosaur museum where they've actually unearthed, excavated and pulled all of these massive dinosaurs out of the earth, right? And now people are coming here because we have spooky stuff. And um, Post Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, um, we've had quite a few come through the town lost its mind when Post Malone came through because he came into town. He was like, he came through, went and had, you know, lunch in restaurants and did some window shopping and stopped and posed for photos and went to the museum and stuff. He's actually a really nice fellow. I was going to say, you know, when, when he first came out, I, I really didn't know what to think of him, but as time has gone on, I've seen enough stuff and he's a big, he's really big into the paranormal and, uh, because I think he's been on an episode of uh, Ghost Adventures, I believe. But, I mean, he really does come across as just a, a kind of a cool guy. So I'll give you yeah, that. He, he has set up. Um, he's rooted down here in Utah. Um, he has a, a lovely home out in the Alpines. But, uh, yeah, it seems like a, he's a really nice down-to-earth guy. I mean, really nice guy. We We actually ran into him while he was doing some window shopping in town. And, 
I was like, hey, man, welcome to the area. Hey, thanks. Just (laughs) real nice guy. What else you got going on in your life right now? Um, So right now, I I started a meal prep and specialty food service here in town. Um, I started meal prepping for myself to lose some weight and also help the symptoms of my autoimmune disease. I have Crohn's disease. So a lot of that is taken care of with diet. And um, a lot of my friends and family saw how well I was doing with that. And they, I got voluntold <laughs> that I was also going <laughs> to do that for them. And, you know, we're going to give you some money and you're just going to do ours too. Okay. And I was like, sure. And uh, eventually I outgrew, you know, my small in-home kitchen operation and it caught on like a house on fire. And now I have a whole shop did a whole different location, a whole shop dedicated to meal prep and, um, specialty foods. I do like gluten, grain, sugar-free foods, stuff like that. Um, and it has done really, really well. And, uh, that's what I'm doing now full time is running my own little, my own little food shop. That stuff looks incredibly good. The, the strawberry cookies that were, uh, gluten-free, oh, yeah. grain-free, sugar-free. I mean, yeah. it just, I'm, I'm looking and I said, how can that be all that? Cause it looks fantastic. And the, uh, cinnamon roll cookies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so when I first started doing all this, the reason that I wanted to do it myself was because I had gone and spent all this money on similar foods that I'd purchased online and I would get them home and eat them. And the, the straw that broke the camel's back was I ate a cookie that was the equivalent of eating something out of the kitty potty box. Texture was bad. Taste was bad. Everything was bad. And then I was upset that I'd spent all this money on it. And I was like, you know what, forget this. I'll just figure out how to do it myself. And I did. And that's in large part why the, the kitchen does so well is because I have figured out how to make things taste and feel almost like the real thing. So for people that can't have, you know, sugar due to diabetes or, you know, kids that have epilepsy and then people that have gluten and grain allergies, stuff like that. That's why I do what I do. So are you still local only, or is this expanded to where you can ship across the country? So I can ship some things. Um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out, uh, an affordable way to ship, um, cold. So shelf stable things like the cookies and the breads and, and that kind of thing I can ship. But uh, I've got a lot of people that would like to do, you know, my cheesecakes, my, my sugar-free, gluten-free cheesecakes or uh, the meal prep and stuff. But shipping as a small guy, those cold containers, that's expensive. And yeah. uh, so we're, we're still ironing out some kinks, but for now I'm small, small. So if people listening are interested in stuff like the cookies and the bread, uh, stuff with some shelf life, do you have a website or something they could go to to take a look at what you offer? Uh, yeah, if you, <clears throat> you can do at the low carb kitchen dot Utah, and that'll bring you to my Facebook and my Instagram. If anybody's ever interested in ordering, there is a phone number that you can call or you can message me. We're in the process of building an online ordering website so that people can place orders for cookies and cakes and that kind of thing. Awesome. Uh, everything you post looks so good. So thank you. I haven't had the privilege, obviously, of tasting any of it because you're so far away. But now that I know that I can order some of this stuff, then uh, you can bet I'll be placing an order. 
you should shoot me a shipping somewhere where you, I can ship some stuff because I get to write off X amount of samples for people. So we should sample to Hillbilly Horror Stories so that you guys can try some of this stuff too. Awesome. Angel, it's awesome having you on. It's been too long. It's been probably at least two years since you've been on with us. Been a minute. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. It was fun. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. Bye-bye.